Welcome to another episode of Finding Peaks. I believe this is uh, episode four. I was again. told, uh, yeah. yeah, it's again, four because I was told the prior episode was the third, and I actually stated it was the fourth. It did. So welcome oh, to true. the fourth episode here. Math's hard. Yeah. yeah. Math is Math difficult. Is so just want to start uh, today with, uh, we have some title changes in the room here at uh, Peaks Recovery Centers. <laughs> Jason Friesma is now our chief clinical officer. Oh, and the crowd goes wild. And the crowd went wild. And introducing the new chief operating officer of Peaks Recovery Centers, Clint Nicholson, everybody. Clinton. Yes. Also a therapist. Slow clap. I would would also like to introduce. Also a therapist. I'd also like to introduce Clinton's cowboy boots, uh, also making an appearance today. Right here. Yeah. I recently purchased a truck, and they came with the truck. Nice. (laughs) Congratulations on that. And I am contractually obligated to wear them by Dodge. Cross that off the list. As these episodes roll along, we're getting feedback. And some of that feedback so far has been that uh, we're we're seemingly a little too uptight um, in these sessions. So we're really trying to explore not doing that here. So expect bad jokes. So let's expect bad jokes Mm -hmm. moving forward. Um, Always difficult, at least for me, in doing this show, um, because there's a seriousness to addiction treatment, certainly, and individuals are suffering, of course, across America from the disease of addiction. And so um, it's not always, you know, I haven't personally known how to approach it myself or how serious to be on camera, because it is serious to us and certainly each and every day we come at you know into work with a seriousness and getting people well but uh, certainly want people to appreciate watching us and not be so serious so yeah. do you guys like to comment on that feeling a little no, loose I just in the totally, shoulders today i agree okay um yeah. i'm hopeful that you've scripted some jokes I have no jokes, oh, okay. so we'll jump right into it. Okay. Perfect. Yeah, so last week, uh, Clinton said something. It was a little passive. I don't know if everybody caught it in the third episode, but he, I think he said something along the lines of, I'm not excellent. I'm maybe great at the family <laughs> side of things. <laughs> I don't that's, remember that. That's a quote. Yeah, okay. absolutely. Okay. Yeah, that's yeah. a quote. But something along those lines uh-huh. exposes the reality of addiction treatment centers and in that you know, I think taking one step back, you know, Peak started with 36 beds six years ago, and we have 36 beds today. The thing that has changed at Peak's Recovery Centers is that we went from 12 staff members to 75 staff members, and 67 of those, I believe, today are full-time staff members here. So, um, so we're advancing this enormous team around these 36 beds over the past six years, and I just wanted to talk about, through the lens, uh, the clinical lens, about the importance of having a team. I mean, in essence, you're both LPCs, of course. You're an LAC. You're about to you know, get your LAC after taking the test recently. Equal licensures should mean equal skill sets, right? Right. But they don't. It turns out. Turns out yeah. they don't do that. So. Yeah, and actually, you know, Clinton and I, uh, sp- since you're bringing us up specifically, we, we're very different in our approaches. Um, I like to dig in uh, emotionally, and Clinton likes to make fun of me for that. And Clinton likes to put things together and look forward with clients. And so uh, actually, it complements our styles quite well, actually. Uh, It turns out that turns into just working really well together. And, And the other thing is having a wide variety of clinicians and a wide variety of uh, skill levels 
gives us the opportunity to, uh, to have clients that are drawn to various clinicians and various things that clinicians say and various clinical approaches. So, and, and the other thing that's different is that I'm funny and Clinton uh, thinks he's funny. That checks out. That does yeah, check out. Yeah. That absolutely checks out. <laughs> yeah, so to elaborate in a slightly more um, intelligent way than Jason. So yeah, like, like you said, Jason, uh, our, our styles do differ. Again, you like to do feelings, things, yeah. and I do less of that. I do mm -hmm. more pragmatic, practical, solution-focused stuff um, that's based in kind of integration and you know, one of the interesting things is that because we have these two different styles, we were actually, we've actually started to model our programming around that. You know, we, our, our clients get to come in and they get to really dig deep, like Jason said, and really um, gain a tremendous amount of emotional insight. And then they also, uh, the, sort of the second half of that programming is they get to actually land that in something that's more practical and skills-based and experiential. So, um, this is just an exa one example of how you can utilize these different skill sets from counselors and knowing your counselor's strengths and also being very transparent and uh, about, you know, like I said, I'm, family is not my specialty. It's just, it just isn't. I, I have other areas that I focus in and um, that I excel in. So those are the, those are the, the places that I'm going to lean into clinically. Yeah. I mean, for me, I just think it's, it's relevant and important for uh, treatment centers across America to be honest about their approaches to care. Um, and through that honesty, match the curriculum to the skill sets of the clinicians and not just, you know, unnecessarily force clinicians without those skill sets to run, you know, groups or individual sessions, you know, leading to, you know, uh, less quality in, in, in the environment of care. And here in Colorado Springs, you know, we've got what? little more than a million people now. I mean, I feel like since yeah. I've moved here, there's like a quarter million people who've at least moved here. But, um, you know, we go, we put an Indeed out, you know, Indeed ad out there to attract clinical firepower into our organization. And just kind of, even in a population of over a million people now, just kind of talk through our experiences of the difficulty in actually locating the talent that can fit the needs of not only our patient demographic, but that is informed through the curriculum that, you know, we've built out here at Peaks. Well, certainly, just culturally at Peaks, we really do work to, well, being a clinician at Peaks, let me just put it that way, uh, somebody who works for us, it's a pretty immersive experience, honestly. Absolutely. We don't just see clients for an hour a week in an office and then kind of get about our business. We, we walk with clients, we play disc golf on our campus with clients, we play cornhole uh, while we're talking about various things. Um, so we really, or we even share meals with them or, or have coffee at times as well just to offer that support. And in that path, like that is also hard work for clinicians at times because uh, that, that is what causes us to go above and beyond and, and I think it's the essence of what we do. And that isn't really trained. Yeah. in school. It, it's the extra special sauce, I guess, if you will, that, that I think our clients always feel supported and heard and that there is always somebody uh, available to talk to. You mentioned how the growth of our staff. Part of that is there's always someone awake and around for somebody to have a conversation with. I just this week had a client who was 
who told me that at 3 a.m. he woke up and couldn't fall back asleep and went out and had an hour-long conversation uh, with our client care uh, person. And so I just really, it, that matters. Having that availability and having kind of this real-time ability to be supported and cared for. Yeah, I mean, we really, the expectation for our counselors is um, <clears throat> there's a level of vulnerability yeah. that you have to be able to achieve with your clients in order to be, to, again, to sort of like fit into the Peaks culture. You know, it's, um, we really strive for that community feeling. And I mean, there are primary counselors and clients are assigned to a primary counselor, but the reality is that every counselor there is every client, is there for every client. And throughout the day, different clients will pull different counselors and sit down with them, talk with them. Um, and again, I think it kind of speaks back to, you know, different levels of, or different types of strengths and different types of styles. You know, because our counselors uh, run groups with everybody and we're, again, we're fully immersive, the, the clients start to learn what that style is and what that type of uh, counseling approach is and they will start to gravitate, you know, and it gives them the opportunity if, um, you know, if somebody's looking for, you know, really struggled in a grief and loss week and is really needs to process that, they can find Jason, you know, and if somebody is getting ready to discharge and they're freaking out about what is the actual pra practical side of um, sobriety look like, they can seek me out. So I keep touching my microphone, so they're sorry probably if I'm the, like banging uh, In the there. control room, yeah. Yeah, so. Yeah, just it's just about my flaws today. This is me being vulnerable, everybody. So yeah. So you're doing great. So you got, you are you're doing <laughs> Thank great. You. Thank you. So you guys have the the fancy credentials LPC LAC behind your name, and I think almost. one of the things almost almost <laughs> LAC behind his name. Wow. Yeah. The things that I want to pull from that is it seems like just just having the degree doesn't inform the skill sets or the ability to show up. Um, for individuals, especially in a complex patient demographic environment that you know we operate within, so what do you think is one of the most crucial, like fundamental pieces to becoming, you know, a great clinician or a clinician that can inspire such a complex patient demographic, including family systems and so forth? I'll give a cliche sentence, which is: in order to do this work, you have to do the work. Mm -hmm. Your own work. You have to do your own work. You have to work on yourself and, and have a high degree of self-awareness uh, along with appropriately placed uh, boundaries um, along with an openness to, um, in order to be open to impacting people, you also get to be open to being impacted by people. It, it goes both ways. You can't kind of be unidirectional in that way. And that is the part that makes Peak so rewarding, honestly, and so challenging both. I think in my experience, particularly with <clears throat> addiction treatment, uh, authenticity in a counselor is just the absolutely most essential. Yeah. I mean, a lot of our clients, this is not their first rodeo. Right? Mm -hmm. They've been through this process. They've experienced uh, counseling and treatment in the past, and they can just, I mean, they know the language. They know the, the sort of like clinical jargon, and they can read a counselor who is not being genuine like that, you know? So being able to show up as your true self, not showing up as your counselor self, which again requires that you're doing your work, you know? Mm -hmm. And it requires, yet again, to be vulnerable. And being open to the idea, like Jason said, of this sort of reciprocated exchange of, of insight, this, this reciprocated exchange of um, kind of growth and exploration, so. Yeah, absolutely. There's a, there's a great deal of addiction treatment centers out there that 
you know, state that they have similar services to us that they can stabilize and they can provide a continuum of care and all of this sort of stuff. But uh, the differences in departments by comparison are quite extraordinary at times. I mean, at Peaks, we employ a full 24-7 medical team to have two providers on, psychiatrists and an MD, at any given time to support our patient demographic that is generally less than a census of 30. On top of that, two physician assistants that can be made available to our patients. Um, and the supporting residential staff, uh, certainly our, our client care aides, and you know, never mind all the administrative support that goes on. I mean, how fundamentally important is it? You know, we've grown from the very beginning, Jason, at, um, at Peaks Recovery, not having all of these things on the side. What have we, what have we learned along the way in bringing in these departments and um, you know, building them up with the intentionality and intensity that they offer the patient demographic? Um, how much is that supporting the clinical approach to care? Well, to your point, um, the ability to staff our program well and with a lot of uh, qualified and trained people, not just clinical, but across all departments, does really, I think, give us the ability to really become excellent within our department and then kind of go the extra mile within that department rather than kind of spreading thin, we get to spread deep. Mm -hmm. I just made that up. That's brilliant. Yeah, I actually really like that. Thank that you. That should be a t-shirt. Yeah. Next week. I don't spread uh, thin, Available I on our website. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that was a, yeah. <laughs> that was a t-shirt creation moment. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Only four episodes, I mean, that's brilliant. <laughs> how do I follow that, right? So, Next question. Uh, I, I think, uh, you, you know, I've worked up for a lot of, um, Treatments, uh, treatment centers, and just different uh, behavioral health centers, and the the level of staff to us when I you know when I first came in, I was just kind of like flabbergasted about like how much how much staff and how much support and how many people are really involved in the the sort of like whole peaks programming, and um, I realized very quickly that what we have the ability to do is truly wrap around people and give them uh, a level of safety and support and acceptance that for a, a, a huge number of our, our clients they've never experienced before. And it's powerful. It's absolutely powerful. And it's transformative, which um, you just don't see a lot of other places. You just yeah. don't see that in other places. Yeah, I think that, you know, just the other day we had a, uh, one of our patients uh, was disrupted in a medical meeting and immediately wanted to leave. And in my head, I just thought, somebody's gonna wrap their arms around him quite quickly. And the beautiful thing about having all of this staff to support these individuals is that though this individual can be immediately attended to, whether through on-call staff or whatever's going on, that all the other patients on this side, aren't their, their quality of care isn't going down at the same time. Absolutely. So I like this idea of building depth within departments by having departments in support of it rather than stretching departments thin, mm -hmm. um, you know, which, you know, felt like kind of the, our, our humble beginnings, you know, and so to be able to advance these levels of care and um, towards and in the direction of patient care, I think has just been a, a wonderful experience that I just want, you know, um, families out there to be cognizant of as you shop for addiction treatment service as how crucial it is to have these dynamics within a company culture and also too to have maybe through the lens of humility to be as a CEO to be sitting here with you know other chief officers of our company culture be able to state openly like I'm not 
that's not my specialty and that's not my category. And when we recognize that, honestly, as um, addiction treatment centers or any really medical setting, um, you know, we can then move out into, you know, um, to the Indeed ads and really pull in the talent necessary to fill those gaps in the direction of patient care, so. Well, I think, you know, candidly, Clinton, since you are new, I know you and I have wrestled with how many staff do we need and why, why do we have so many? Like, I've listened to you do it and push back on you that, like, this, you're right, we could actually stretch ourselves thinner, and we could. Yeah. Um, but it is really uh, our staffing levels that give us some opportunity and time uh, to have the between groups and the between sessions, conversations, um, that really, all the plan stuff is so critically important, but a lot of the change happens uh, in the margins. Yeah. Well, and lucky say. for you, even though I'm an operations guy, I'm also a clinician. So I'm able to sort of see that, um, see both sides of that. Because mm -hmm. operationally, I mean, if that, that single lens can, tells a completely different story. And I think that that's what a lot of uh, programs are built around. You yeah. know? But by being able to sort of bring operational and clinical components together, um, I mean, that just kind of describes peaks in a nutshell. You know, there's just this, this amazing blend of, of focus. And uh, it has created uh, an organization and a culture and programming that is extremely unique and very powerful. So. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, again, I appreciate uh, the opportunity to present episode four, the real episode four. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's episode yeah. eight, episode right. four. Join us <laughs> next week for episode four. <laughs> for episode four. <laughs> Looking forward yeah. to episode five to continue to bring you content. Absolutely. Hopefully our humor or lack thereof is not in the way of you hearing the right. important information we uh, desire to deliver to everybody just today. Gonna, just gonna get one more and, look um, here. Please with, comment with on the, the Cowboy boots, boots in focus. We look forward to your comments. Um, please <laughs> give us uh, questions so that uh, we can provide answers and insights into the addiction treatment space. And uh, from here in Colorado Springs, signing off. Until next time.